0: One of my favorite things about being the postpartum coach is the impact I get to have on all of the kids, all of the babies, all of the people, the little baby humans who are going to grow up with a mother who is more self-regulated, more calm, and more present. That makes me so happy. And just recently, I felt a nudge to actually give some parenting tools to you guys. I feel like the most unqualified person to do this, (laughs) but sometimes that's actually a good thing. That means I'm humble. I don't feel so much confidence all the time in the parent department, but I really want to share with you. I don't know how many I have, like 10, 12, 14, something like that. Amazing things that have actually come out of my mouth. I don't know if amazing is the right word, but Creative solutions to parenting that have come from the way that I have worked so hard to become present to unburden my own trauma. It's actually improved my parenting, I guess you could say. And I want to share some of that with you free of charge. Here it is. I hope it helps your babies. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms. We learn to lead ourselves first, then our families and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hi, mommies. I just feel like I want to say something real quick, which is that if you ever feel impressed by me or you ever feel like you Look up to me or any fangirl vibes coming through for you towards me, I just feel like I need to put a disclaimer on my own humanness. Like I need you to know. I really, it's really important for me that you know that this podcast is a really strong, consistent, amazing part of my life. And sometimes my kids are hungry and I'm like, oh yeah, we don't really have any food. I need to go to the grocery store. And I forgot because I got carried away in a creative something flow with my business or I fell asleep for two hours. (laughs) And there's also times where I yell at my kids and I cry tears about fights with my husband. And I just wanted you to know that I'm really normal. And um, I also want you to know that if you ever want to expand your life. If you feel a craving or a desire, whether it's now or a couple years from now, once you get this round of whatever you're going through postpartum under your belt, if you ever want to like really just juice the most out of yourself, not exhaust yourself, not run yourself into the ground, but max, like, what am I trying to say? Delve into the really juicy, yummy, spiritual depths of your person then you just need to do coaching and not just any coaching. Come coach with me because I'm profoundly spiritual in my approach. And it's weird for me to say that, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it because it's true. And, um, I help moms really understand how to recognize an opening of a spiritual awakening that's happening in their lives, how to essentially let their ego die off and let their heart lead their life. For some of them, it's the very first time. For others of them, it's sort of just at a new level. And I hope that doesn't sound vague because essentially what it ends up doing is you just feel really close to spirit. And I'm not talking necessarily religion, although if you have a religion, that's wonderful too, but you just start to get more intuitively led hits guidance from the universe and you start to know yourself more deeply, naturally parts of yourself start unburdening. They start wanting to release and let go to settle in and make room for the most natural, authentic, whole person parts of you. And that's ultimately what I want for women. And I genuinely have seen over and over with my own experience and those that I serve, the mamas, that postpartum is this really potent time of breaking open from the inside, cracking like an eggshell cracks and rebirthing of women. It is, and it can be sort of like a death and then a resurrection. It's crazy. And it's so cool. And I'm so ultimately in love with this fascinating time, this wormhole of just becoming that is postpartum. So I want to invite you to join one of my groups. I have a group coaching program. We're going to be starting soon in the fall. I'm thinking October 1st, um, but maybe a little bit into mid-October. I want to take everyone through the holidays. And I think I want to do a six-month program. I don't think I just want to do a three-month program. I think I want six months with a group. I've never done that before. I've always done six months with private clients, three months with group coaching, but I just feel like a group needs six months. And so, come join one of my groups, come work with me one-on-one. You can go to lizzie forward slash consult. We can talk about both of those options and always. And finally, and the most affordable and quick is by my online course. It's called postpartum freedom. It's what I give all my private and group coaching clients access to, and it will change your life warning. So go to lizzie forward slash course for that. And all of these will be in the link in my show notes. Okay. To transition into our episode today, I wanted to do something I haven't done for a while. Thank you so much for being here. I just love you guys. And I wanted you to hear the words of one of my past clients and she's a mom of two. She's also a PE teacher. She also happens to be married to my cousin and she was postpartum and wanted some support and joined my group Program, Postpartum Freedom, the program. Um, this was back when we were doing three month rounds, and oh, it just was so, so special. All of my rounds, I just love them. I love them so much. It's the women that come and show up every week for themselves, or, you know, almost every week, and you stay up while their kids are in bed and are taking notes and are meditating together with us and changing their lives. I mean, really changing their lives. So, Here are Sarah's words. She said, I've done a lot of work in the past, tapping, changing my beliefs, affirmations, healing, things like that. The skills and the approach that Lizzie has for quote in the moment is something I had not learned and exactly what I needed. It's exactly what I continue to need and use all day, every day. I now have the skills and knowledge to process emotions in the moment. I don't have to let them store and build up and boil over. The work that I've done has been so helpful and so amazing. It has changed my life and my family's. I am coming to know who I am postpartum and loving that person. I'm so grateful for Lizzie's approach. The skills and the way Lizzie approaches it are so special and applicable in those everyday moments. Lizzie is also an angel to work with. She has been blessed with a unique skill to know exactly how to help you when to listen, when to clarify, when to give advice. She's the real deal. And I know she genuinely cares about me and my healing and learning journey. Lizzie, thank you so much. Mm, I love you, Sarah. (laughs) Thank you so much for your review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I really look forward to having more women come work with me in a group setting in postpartum freedom. So let's do it ladies. Okay. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, we're gonna dive in now to my parenting stuff. And I, I just I really want you to know that sometimes I feel like I suck at parenting, but that's probably just because I'm a little bit critical of myself because I care so much about these sweet little spirits that I get to raise. And I think also my passion for wanting to be a good parent, not necessarily my skill at being-I mean I, I think I I am a good parent, but Um, My passion for it also comes from the inward healing that I've done as I have literally went all the way back to parts of my childhood through the years of therapy and coaching I've done and spiritual, you know, somatic work and met with shamans and really cool stuff. Um, I've come to love all those parts of myself that are younger. They're still in there. They totally still exist for all of us. It's fascinating getting to know the different parts of your psyche, the different blocks and sort of pieces of you that kind of got frozen in really hard, challenging, scary, shocking, et cetera, moments. And they are still kind of just where they are. They're still there. They're not as developed as your adult self. And it's so fun to be able to learn that those parts are there and then merge them with your adult self and get really regulated and still live, you know, in an adult mind with good executive functioning and organizational skills, but also know how to revert back to that childlikeness and have fun and play. And that's really come in handy with parenting. So as I've done a lot of my own work, like I said, that when, when I say my own work, I just mean unburdening myself through releasing emotion, whether it was through energy work, therapy, coaching, all sorts of different modalities. I, just became lighter and had so much more space in my body to love on and connect with my babies. And if that isn't just seriously the most beautiful, pristine reason to invest in unburdening yourself through therapy coaching, what I do, therapeutic coaching, (laughs) trauma-informed holistic coaching, postpartum, then I don't know what is. Because what is seriously more better than just loving on those babies. What is it? There's nothing. Mm, There's nothing. And like, not just loving on them, but feeling open for connection with them, feeling like you have a handle on your life enough so that you can think about them and what they need and really, really nurture them in a way that maybe you didn't even receive when you were little. So These are a bunch of things I hear myself say when I'm not resisting my kids. Okay, this is another (laughs) final disclaimer here, but these are things that come out when I'm not resisting, when my cup is filled and I've been taking care of myself, and when I also have either in the past through therapy and coaching or therapeutic coaching, um, created an awareness of my wounded child parts or in the current moment you know, maybe there's a little part of me that's triggered, but I notice her and I calm her down and then I parent. So I do have to say that I feel like these have come from those places. And then last but not least, just becoming and being more fully embodied in my own body and in my life. I feel like that has really spurred a lot of creativity in the parenting department. So the first thing I say when my kids are kind of up in my business, like I could see me cooking in the kitchen. And they're asking me questions and they haven't really considered that I might be using my brain for something else and I might not want to answer their questions right now. It might not be a good time, especially my oldest has autism and you know sometimes it's harder for him to pick up on my body language or any subtle signs that it might not be a good time. And so I literally can get bombarded with really important questions that I care about answering with my kids during times where my brain is just very unavailable because I'm reading a cookbook and I have, you know, tomato boiled canned tomatoes simmering on the stove that could burn if I'm not like watching what I'm doing. Right. So the first thing that I literally just say is, Hey, I'm using my brain right now for something else or for my own thinking. And I'm loving what I'm thinking and I'm having a breakthrough or I I really need to be doing this thing I'm doing right now. And so can I get back to you on this? When can we talk about this? Can you bring it up in family council? Or I'll ask them, is it like a scale of one to 10, how important this is? Is this, is this an emergency? Is this feeling like really like an emergency to you? Cause I can always turn the heat off my cooking and, you know, set it aside, pause it for a minute. It's possible. So it's just kind of a matter of how urgent is this really? And some people have talked about like red light, green light, yellow light, like people, You know their kids kind of rating through color systems on how important this is to them right now to talk about it right now. But the whole point of this is I just like to teach my kids that my brain, they're not entitled to my brain. My brain is amazing. It's creative and I want it sometimes for me. (laughs) So I'll give you another example. We were on a road trip and I was sitting there in the front seat. Really, it didn't look outwardly like I was doing anything. And my daughter just sort of interrupts my flow of thought. She didn't know I was having a flow of thought, but I was having a really incredible flow of thought. I was thinking about just like my inner world and I and things I wanted to improve and and like things that are going great. And I was just having this great road trip moment. <laughs> And, you know, I get inspired when I get out around the cactuses and the mountains and the cows and stuff. I just start like reflecting. It's like my temple. So I'm out there having that moment and she just starts like talking to me about, you know, nothing super important, just something beautifully little girlish. And I, again, was like, you know what, Rosie? I'm having a breakthrough moment. It feels really important to my journey right now. And I want to hear you, but I am not hearing you at all. I'm not really listening because I'm so in deeply into this. Can I get back to you in a few minutes after I'm done thinking? And it's a small thing, but I can't tell you how much space it how nice it is to to have your kids know this little boundary. Now when they're teeny tiny like 18 months or 2 years old and a little bit older than that it can be challenging for them to understand this. And I get that. Not all of your guys' kids are my kids' ages. My kids are nine, seven, and five, and then I have a newborn. So obviously... You know, you can take this and adapt it and maybe you just get a smaller little break from the chit chat or maybe you don't get one. And you can just do the little uh-huh, uh-huh that we all do as moms, but we're not really listening. We, we kind of couldn't care less because we're totally wanting to get something else done. Or maybe we care a little bit, but we're really not listening in one ear out the other because we're focusing on something else. And I feel like our kids pick up on that. So I prefer as soon as they're old enough to even understand it, like, wait just a minute. Hold on, I got it. Like, don't talk yet. Wait, save it, save it. It's so important. Save it. Wait, just a minute. You know, okay, now you can talk because I want them to know that what they say is important, and I really do feel like they can feel my authenticity. And okay, I will just say that out of all the parenting techniques that you could work on, I think the one I want you to work on the most is developing a sense of who you really are in the most authentic way, because that is the coolest, coolest thing you can give to your children in your relationship with them as their mother, because motherhood is a relationship. It's not a job, right? Caregiving is separate from the relationship of mother and child. Yeah, is just really feeling like you know who you are. And a lot of that doesn't come until after you've done a lot of the releasing Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. In your body, you know, the emotion that's stored there. Okay, number two. (laughs) I'm a human, not a robot. So sometimes my son, my youngest, he's, well, my youngest son, he's five. He'll be like, mom, why did you do that? Like when I make a mistake or did something kind of silly, maybe I drop something on the floor on accident, or I accidentally leave something in the car and he notices, and I'll be like, probably just cause I'm a human, <laughs> right? Instead of like, Oh, I don't know. I'm just having such a bad day or my brain's just blah, blah, blah. probably just cause I'm a human <laughs> and I'm not a robot. <laughs> And it just makes for this really great moment of kind of laughing off the fact that I have imperfections and I love that. Sorry, I still feel this Christian girl f- f- like cringe when I say I have imperfections. There used to be a part of me and maybe there still is because I totally felt a cringe when I said the word imperfections. That was very... Um, not okay, like, didn't really love the idea of having imperfections, even though she knew she had to surrender to it. She kind of hated it. She kind of wished that like Jesus could just make her perfect already so that she could not be a burden on anybody else and worship him better and be a better person, saint, person, whatever, <laughs> more powerful, able to help more people. I had this complex where I was like very severely, intensely kind of obsessed with like serving others to the point where I really just felt like a paper thin person didn't really know who I was. I feel like that needs to be a Taylor Swift song. A paper thin person. So um yeah, that's one of my favorite things is like it just helps me be uncomfortable in uh, sorry, it helps me be um comfortable. It helps me be comfortable (laughs) with imperfection in myself with just my humanity. Let's call it humanity, right? I don't the word imperfection is weird to me. So um yeah, my humanity. And I think that's really important for my kids to see that. And I also tell them I'm learning, I'm learning too, all the time. And sometimes it's funny to, for them to be like, huh? Like what? Mom, moms are still learning? They don't get that. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, number three, I don't know the details, but there is a God, a source, an energy out there. This is what I say to my kids. There is an energy out in this universe that cares deeply about you and responds to you. And I tell them your body is like an antenna for this responding universe energy, and how you feel and what you're thinking is always like a radio signal. It's communicating like a satellite. It's just sending and reaching out into this to this source energy of the universe that coordinates our lives and, and makes things go our way. And yeah, like you have your own energy and you're always able to connect with the energy of the supreme universe that's around us, the guide, the creator, or the creators. So that is something that it used to be a lot more religiously jargoned, how I would say it. I would kind of bear testimony, if you will. And this just doesn't feel really aligned anymore because I don't know that those words were my own ever. I think they were kind of taught to me in some sort of religious culture, which isn't even bad necessarily. I just don't want that right now. I'm so thirsty for like my authentic voice. And I want my kids to have that now more than I ever have. And so that's kind of how I say it. Number four, I love to say you have a guardian angel and you have angels all around you. And all you need to do is talk to them and they will be right there at your side. In fact, they're always around you. They just sometimes need to wait to be invited to help you. And so one cool moment I had with my daughter, I had taught her that, didn't really think about, like I didn't try to teach it to her. I just was sharing it because it was like what I really believe. And it was something I was really experiencing for myself with my guardians and angels. And I'd been doing like Oracle decks and pulling cards and just feeling so connected to, I don't even know necessarily who and necessarily names, but just genuinely feeling a presence, like presences. So I've told her that a couple of times. And then one morning she woke up and What was it? It was like her tooth or something was hurting so bad. Um, Another, I can think of two different mornings. Another morning, she woke up and her ear had gotten super infected because she had just gotten her ears pierced. And um, she slept over at a friend's for like two nights while we went on a little staycation earlier when I was earlier postpartum. And anyway, yeah, it just got really nasty. So both times she was really, really upset, really activated, crying really hard. She was so scared about whatever I needed to do to help. Uh, oh, okay. I know what it was. She had a thing in her eye. That's what it was. Okay. This is the one I want to share. So she woke up with something in her eye and it was like really hurting and bothering her and burning. And like, she could feel it in there, but she couldn't get it out. She was so frustrated. So she's really worked up. I'm kind of trying to flush it with some water in the sink. She's still really worked up. I invite her to go lay on the grass and in and, and, and the sunshine. And I said, I'll come out in a minute. I'm going to get some water in a little squirt bottle. And we're just going to gently squirt your eyes a few times with water. It's not going to hurt because it's just water. But I mean, I I think I even explained to her, like, I don't know if it's going to hurt. I can't guarantee it won't hurt. I just tried to be really honest so that she could have realistic expectations, right? But then I also tried to help her calm down. So she's laying on the grass. We do a couple squirts into her eyes. She's still really crying hard. And I take a couple deep breaths because it's hard for me to see her in so much pain. Right. And so I'm regulating my body and I get, I would say 80% calm. I'm definitely probably in this moment, not going to get to hundred percent calm, right. When I'm with her in this state, but in my calmness, I'm like, Rozzy, would you like to say a prayer to your angels and, and just ask that you have your spirit guides come be with you and comfort you. And she was like, yeah, mm-hmm. and she's like, you say it, you know, cause she's just like, ooh, ooh. so I said some prayer, you know, very simple, but very felt and very confident knowing that I was pulling in help for my sweet little daughter and in whatever form and whatever words it came. And, um, what was so cool is, is like literally her eye, the thing in her eye came out pretty soon after that. But even between when I said that prayer and when it came out, she was so much more calm. And she told me afterwards, she's like, mom, I just didn't feel as much pain. After you said that prayer, like I really felt like my angels were there with me, kind of just like helping me through that pain. And it was just a beautiful moment. So I don't know, whatever your spiritual way of wanting to be with your kids. And here's the thing. I have had a lot of self-doubt thoughts around the spirituality category because my spirituality has been shifting and ebbing and flowing and changing and yeah, kind of circulating throughout my parenthood. And there's been the mean voice in my head. That's like, you're a hypocrite or, oh, you're not teaching her what you're supposed to be teaching her. Or like, you don't even know what you believe anymore. Or you should just like not even talk about it. And I just want to encourage you if you're like in an insecure place with your own, um, I was going to say Christianity, but I, what I mean is spirituality, um, that you just know that you don't have to really know. You can just share what you do know. And you can just say it, in a way that works well with you. And you can even just tell them that you don't really know. And you could say, but here's what I want to believe. Here's what I'd like to believe. Like that's enough. You get to be a human on your journey too. You don't have to be like the answer and source for your kids all the time. Okay. Number five, this is one I say probably the most. I say I'm processing something right now, so I can't talk. Can you tell me later? So if I'm really upset, let's say my husband and I had an argument and I'm just like, feeling sad and a little angry and confused and hurt, or I'm on my period. Let's say I'm on my moon and I am just bleeding and processing. I don't even know, like or whatever, or something was weird in work and I don't know, some sort of thing like that. Right. I just, they come in and again, they kind of think that they can just start talking to you. They don't have the capability in their stage of development. Typically, you know, nine years old and younger, I think around nine, is when they start to be able to do this, but they don't always have the ability to take perspective and think about, oh, that look on her face tells me she's kind of far away. Thinking about something like kids are only so good at that and to varying degrees until they get a little older. And so sometimes with my young kids, I just tell them I'm actually processing something right now. Like I'm feeling a lot of emotion and I'm not able to really hear you right now. And I want to. So Um, come back to me in, you know, they'll be like, okay, how long? I'll be like 20 minutes. And then my youngest son is like, how long is that? I'm like, it's like one Paw Patrol episode. He's like, okay. (laughs) It's so cute. Okay. Number six, (laughs) I'm just laughing because I'm totally seeing a theme here. Number six, my brain is so dead right now. It hurts. Can you write it down for me or tell me tonight at bedtime? (laughs) I must be postpartum with my fourth baby. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My youngest, just so you know, little Wren, she was born May 24th, 2023. And so, yeah, I can see how I've been needing to use and come up with some more of these ways to explain to my kids that it's just I'm not available right now. I just want you to know though, like you have full permission. You can do that. And the cool part is. Like I, maybe the first few times I did this, they were bugged or every now and then if they're like really eager to tell me something, they might get a little miffed. But in the end, I think it's a boundary for my brain and my body and my emotional needs that protects the presence in our relationship and the quality of my listening. Okay. Number seven, boredom is good seriously, some of the best minds and ideas and inventions, some of your favorite games and things probably came from somebody being really bored and, or really deeply relaxed. So I say the same thing about relaxing when they don't want to rest for a minute or whatever. I'm like, relaxing is seriously so powerful. It's like better than candy because what it does for your brain, it's so cool. Um, Yeah. And also boredom can be this, like, here's the thing I've noticed with myself. And then I'm going to talk about kids, how it relates to kids. I've noticed with myself that when I'm in an activated nervous system state, and that could be, I could be activated because I'm upset because I'm scared because I'm in a rush or I'm about to be late to something. Um, because I just was, Uh, I found out a piece of news that I wasn't expecting. Any of those reasons can kind of get me heightened or activated. my, My heart's pounding a little more. I might be sweating a little bit. I'm tense. I'm clenching my jaw. I am hyper focused and vigilant, right? And that takes a lot of extra calories that draws on our hormone stores, that uses at the base level, it uses minerals. And so it takes a lot from us to be in that state. And then when we come out of that state, which as you're trying to self regulate, you breathe and you, you notice that you're worked up, you breathe, you get yourself calmed down, you regulate, right? As you do that, I've noticed that there's, it's almost like a boredom. It's this, um, you don't really want to sit still when you're coming down from being activated in your nervous system. Let's say you just got really upset and you yelled at your kids or you are still driving, but you almost just gotten in an accident and you're still driving down the road, but you're like catching your breath and calming yourself down. Um, the, in between the activation and the calm, there's this really uncomfortable state where your body is still worked up, but your mind is trying to like kind of lasso that horse down to a next calm level. And I feel like children, when they come home from school or when they come back from a really busy play date, or even just going grocery shopping with you at the store, wherever there's tons of stimuli, they can present, it can present as boredom. They're like, I'm bored. But really what they're saying is I was just so stimulated and so activated and worked up to be able to cope or just be with whatever we just were doing, or I was just doing that. I don't really know how to come back down. And so I'm having a hard time focusing on finding one thing to do around the house. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because when my kids aren't activated, they're not bored. They don't complain of boredom. When they're just chill and you know they haven't had any triggers to their day of any kind, whether it's school or a fight with their sibling or anything, and they just wake up, they're happy, they just play. Play is how you know that these little kids, I'm talking about like six years old and younger, I can't really vouch for seven and above, but play is how you know that they're pretty regulated. All right. So anyway, that is just something to keep in mind. Okay. Number eight, I have noticed when I snap at my kids, it's usually because I'm feeling an intense emotion while I'm trying to parent them and parenting is an action. So what helps me again, when I'm not resisting, when my cup is full, right? If my cup's not full and I'm resisting them, I just end up being real B I T C H Y. Okay. But when I'm in this decent place with myself and I'm kind of regulated, instead of just snapping at them and being like, you're scaring me or stop that, like, stop, you're going to get hurt. Because what, what I do is I essentially, what a lot of us do is we plant anxiety in their brain. So we'll be like, you're going to get hurt. If you keep doing that, you're going to fall down. And so I like to, instead of trying to scare them into not doing the thing that I'm feeling scared about, I like to just call it what it is, which is I feel scared. I feel scared when you do that. Hey, when you do that, I feel so scared. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. Why are you doing that? (laughs) Right. Instead of, oh my gosh, you're going to fall down and trying to scare them. Right. Which is just, it cuts out the step of saying that I feel scared and it just gets them to feel scared so that they will stop doing the thing so that I don't have to feel scared. Do you see that? And it's technically trying to manipulate their actions. And it's just, it's just learned and it's a little lazy and it's fine. It's not lazy. Like you're not trying. I know you're trying. It's just like, it cuts some corners. Right. But if we could really take a second look at that, we could be like, okay, I am feeling nervous. I need to tell them now. I want you to know that as simple as this sounds, if you try it, I I ask that you do, do try it, but please try, please try to notice when you're worked up and please try to tell your child that you are worked up instead of trying to tell your child to stop doing the thing. That's that you're getting worked up about and own your emotions. And when when you try to do that, you'll see that it's kind of hard. I would say it's like a seven out of 10 hard. Like 10 is like very challenging. It's like a level seven skill here. And I think what makes it really easier are some of the foundational tools that I do teach my mamas in our program, postpartum freedom. Again, you get access to that program, whether you work with me privately, whether you're in my group coaching program or whatever by the course. Because I essentially, I don't think a lot of women realize that they're actually semi-dissociated, they're actually kind of out of their head or sorry, out of their body and in their head. They're kind of in their head and they don't even realize how disconnected from the sensations of their own body they are. And if that's the case while you're parenting, then you are going to accidentally probably often sort of jump into their actions, your child's actions, and sort of try to manipulate them in order to take care of your sensations and emotions because you're not connected to yourself and you're not calming yourself down. You're needing them to change so that you can feel calm. And that's fine. That's like beginner level status. But I want to take all my moms to the next level, which is, you can tell when you're not calm. You calm yourself down, and then from a calm place, you teach them calmly why what they're doing could be dangerous without trying to scare them. You just educate them. Well, because they're not worked up, right? They're doing the thing. They're they're walking on the little balance beam at the little gym. They're not scared. They're having a fun time, <laughs> and so. Um, really all that manipulating and scaring thing we do is, is just, it's not teaching them anything. So anyway, I don't want to beat a dead horse because honestly, still to this day, a good chunk of the time, 20 to 40% of the time I'm doing it the lazy way. Cause I'm not like checked in with myself, especially postpartum. I just have a lot going on. Um, but again, when my cup's full and I'm not resisting them, I get to that place and I want to invite you to as well to try it. And email me and tell me how it goes, by the way. Lizzie at lizzielangston.com. You can just put the subject like parenting technique. I would love to hear. Okay, number nine, I am manifesting right now. I just tell my kids when I can feel myself manifesting. I just tell them. I'm like, ooh, I am manifesting right now. And sometimes they're like, okay, you're weird. And sometimes they're like, ooh, like, what does that mean? And I tell them more. Um, But I just kind of go off of them. But I don't really share that with them to try to teach them, honestly. I just share it because like... I can feel it and I get really excited. It's not the right word. It feels very, ooh, what is that word? Uh, Enlivening. That's the word. It feels very enlivening. And so I just naturally like say it out loud. I'm just like, I am manifesting right now. (laughs) Just like, I am happy right now. It's very cool. Very childlike in a way, but in a cool way, mature, like very powerful way. So yeah. And one time we made vision boards and I am going to just tell you that I feel like a cool parent. My ego, it gets conflated when I tell you that I made vision boards with my kids. The reality is we've done it like once or twice, but truth is it meant a lot to me. And I don't even know if they'll remember it, but I sure do. And it was really fun. So keep some magazines. Sometimes I even set myself a little budget and I go to Barnes and Noble and I grab like 40 bucks or 50 bucks worth of magazines. Because by the way, magazines are actually kind of pricey. It's kind of silly, but it's okay. They print in color. So I'm grateful. And they let me make vision boards. Pinterest is cool. I just like to have things, you know. Uh, I like to have things in front of me, like scissors, glue. It was very fun. Okay. And number 10, I love my food and my food loves me. That's kind of my new prayer that I say on my food, because I think a lot of what comes between me and my food spiritually is all of this mental chatter of like oh this isn't the best choice this isn't the healthiest choice or oh my gosh if I eat this I'm going to get fat or oh my gosh this is going to make my insulin increase and my blood sugar which then is going to make my body store fat and then I'm not going to lose weight like all the things right and so it's like just you want to support your choices if you have chosen to sit down and eat a meal or even if it's not a meal if it's a rice crispy treat I don't care I freaking love rice crispy treats love them then just go ahead and say it. I love my food and my food loves me. If you still want to say a prayer too, like if you pray over your food, cool, do it. Just make sure that you express a love towards your food, the food itself, the energy that you're putting into your body, because everything's energy. You want to bless it. You want to send good energy from you to the food and the food can send good energy from it to you. That's kind of the idea. So I love my food and my food loves me. I think I got that actually from Gabby Bernstein. I think I did. I think Gabrielle Bernstein said that in one of her books that I, maybe the universe loved, had your back or something. Anyway, really good one. Okay. I've got more. It's just that this is getting really kind of long. <laughs> so let me just say them really fast. Your body is amazing and can heal itself. Um, anytime they get hurt, I say that. Oh, uh, let's see what else. Yeah. The rest of these, I don't really say. <laughs> they, I think I came up with them while I was writing these down, but they're not ones I actually say. Okay. So yeah, that's some of my best favorite parenting stuff. I will just say, I really deeply mean this from like, take off my coach hat, put on my parent hat, put on my peer, like your local friend at the podcast stop here. I really just want to say that, um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a coach and even if it wasn't coaching, the way that you have a better relationship with your kids is you have a, Better relationship with yourself. And when I say better, what I mean is more attuned. You are more attuned to yourself, right? What makes, think about like your best friends. If you have like a really good best friend, because some of us say, oh, yeah, she's my best friend. And maybe it is our only best friend, but we know deep down in our heart, it's not really a backyard of a friendship because we're not really that available or, or intimate with each other, or whatever. But if you have like a really good best friend, or if you can imagine a great best friend relationship, I would say that what makes it so spectacular is the way that a close friend can be attuned to you. What that means is she's not always approaching a conversation with you, kind of just needing to vent. And she kind of frames it like, oh, how are you? But really she just wants to lay all her crap at your feet. It's totally fine. I love it when my friends lay their crap at my feet. I really do. I don't call, I don't even call it crap. I don't even think it's crap. But It's like they have an attunement to you, meaning they have the capacity to tune into your needs. Tune in, right? Attunement, tune into your needs. And so I'll give you an example, a recent um, interaction with a friend of mine. I was kind of bummed that she hadn't gotten back to me like within a few days. I really wanted to hear from her and I kind of mentioned something, not like naggy, but just like, oh my gosh, like I want to know what you think or whatever. And she just was so real and she was like, I have this thing happening with my kid and it's this and that. And I was like, so unaware of that. She helped make me aware of it, which I'm sure was really vulnerable for her. She was honest with me and didn't make up some random excuse for why she didn't get back to me. And I was able to become more attuned to her. Okay. So this mini lesson on best friends and attunement is because when you do the work that I do with my clients of, you know, nurturing your inner self and learning how to understand when something that needs to be released from your body and from your psyche is coming up and it wants to be released. And it's asking you to release it through symptoms, which are really signals to say, Hey, let's get this out of here. We're done with it. We're moving on. When you do that work, then you're so intimately connected and and attuned to your own needs. You take care of your needs better. And when when you take care of your needs better, guess what? You take care of your kids better, period period. It's not complicated. So you can read all the parenting books you want, but I promise you the fastest approach to better parenting today, right now, is to give your body what it needs and what it wants, which is releasing pain, unburdening itself, and feeling lighter and more authentic and more real and more connected and more spiritually guided. Therefore... Okay. And that's the work we do. So come join us, go to lizzie forward slash consult to get on the phone with me. And we can talk about whether group coaching or private coaching is right for you. You can also pick up the postpartum freedom course, lizzie forward slash course. And I'll see you right here next week. Y'all love you. Thanks. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way let's chat on the phone, set up a time by going to lizzie forward slash consult. It's pretty simple. And I will be calling you soon.